I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Tuesday. Monday Night Football, Seattle loses straight up. They lose even against numbers, and A.J. has a hot take, a hot, a sizzling take about Russell the rest of this season. Brian Kelly in at LSU, Lincoln Riley out at OU, in at USC. How does this affect the playoffs is what I'm wondering. And also, how does this affect college football's landscape in the years to come? Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday, live on 225. FSR stations across this great, great nation. Man, is this a landscape is changing in an entire sport kind of day. And we got the guy for it. He's an expert. He is an expert. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. You're going to know more about college football after hearing from Mr. A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, RJ. Great to be here on a Tuesday where the Seahawks fall to the football team. Lincoln Riley takes the open USC job. Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame. What is the Vegas lead, RJ? Well, I tell you, usually on Tuesday, it's Monday Night Football. This is the exception. Let's start college football. Landscape affects this year. But let's start with specifically Lincoln Riley going to USC. Yeah, Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma for USC. He makes it sound like it came the the opportunity came up this weekend, and he took it rather quickly. Obviously, it's always hard to to believe these guys, but Lincoln Riley moving to the West Coast, and a lot of people excited. Particularly, there, there's some people who think he's going to take some recruits with him. A lot of people excited for the future of West Coast football. Okay, so what numbers are the most act, or I guess the most. Uh reported with the most certainty so far cash wise I, I haven't seen I've seen two, two completely differing reports so I don't know what the real numbers are for for uh, for him yet and USC being a private school it's not necessarily certain that it's going to come out so what are the what's the two sets uh, I, I don't have them in front of me I, I, I saw them today and then when I couldn't find an accurate number I just moved on Robert okay Hefner so of, of the Oklahoma Insider said $110 million, and that doesn't include USC buying both his houses at 500000 each <laughs> over value and buying him a $6 million home in L.A. All right. And how many years is the contract? Hasn't been reported that I've okay. seen. So, I mean, it can't be more than 10. It's probably less. It's probably, you know, let's assume, I mean, I, I guess the thing that strikes me financially is there's been a quantum leap here. From even a couple years ago, um, college football, NFL. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that six, seven million a year was the top end for coaches, and and maybe with a handful of exceptions, even that. And I mean, AJ, you follow the colleges really closely. I mean, even five years ago, 
Wasn't that the case in college? Yes, and that's why, you know, the other day, I guess it was like last week when Mel Tucker got his extension for Michigan State, making him the second highest paid coach in in the country. It just kind of set me aback a little bit. Like, really? This that guy is the next high. I mean, it's just the the numbers are skyrocketing basically all all around the country. And I think it was an inefficient market. It was wrong that these coaches were not getting a lot, or this, or let's say in this range before. Now we can all say uh, a coach makes for one game more than a school teacher does in ten years. And we can lament that, but it really is economics, is if we wanted to pay school teachers more, we would. And as a society, which, you know, as the, um, you know, obviously uh, a politician can run and say, it's a governor, it's going to be about raises for the teachers, and maybe they'd win, but it hasn't happened. And what generates revenue directly is sports like college football, you know, revenue generating and college basketball. And it's we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars and, you know, into the billions. And then who has the biggest effect? You know, there's been studies. How much has Nick Saban benefited University of Alabama? And it's been astronomical. Think about it. Think about just if you just hear a passing roll tide, is it would that be the case if it wasn't for him? No. no. So to me, as much as we can say, oh, society's mixed up, but you know who's mixed up is the consumers who are generating revenue that is getting split up with the coach. I'm happy the coaches are finally getting it. I'm happy the players are getting some share, a share, maybe not their full share in college, but or certainly not, I don't think, but they're getting some, and that's a good step in the right direction. But if everyone watched college football and went to the games as little as they do the darts championship or the bocce championships, I don't, you know, I'm pretty good at bocce, but I don't think that there's any professionals out there or many, and thus they're not getting paid a lot of money or any money. Why? Because there's no revenue. So we're, we, as a society, are deciding on who gets paid what effectively by what we support. AJ, when you look at these numbers, does it, take, does it cause you to think that's wrong or is it economics to you? No, I, I mean I, I think that you're you're starting to see a shift where you've got to keep these these coaches away from the pro ranks, and if you want to pay if you want to keep them, you've got to you've got to pay them accordingly. And USC in particular has gotten by for a long time, really since Pete Carroll on discount coaches. They haven't paid a coach more than five million dollars since you how, know how how they've been doing. But not very well. And I think that's why they decided, you know what, maybe it's better to open up the purse strings and get back to paying a guy a premium salary who can do a premium job. All right. That's A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas. Okay. Here's the big question. Colin right here on FSR is giddy, I think it's fair to say. And my question is to you, A.J., as an expert in college football, is this a good thing for college football? And when I say this, I mean – a coach from Oklahoma, one of the top 10 programs, who historically, that coach would have been there until he retired. I mean, think about this now. Name me a coach that left Oklahoma by his own volition 
and then to, to coach somewhere else. Bob Stoops retired. Obviously, you know, Switzer went to the NFL, so let's accept the NFL to be what it is. That is a step up in almost all cases. Maybe Jacksonville, no, but in almost all <laughs> cases. And it just seems to me the idea of a Notre Dame coach leaving for another job, has that ever happened? It's never happened. Well, not, not since Newt Rockney, pardon me. Where'd so he go? It's been, it's been a long, long time. Where'd he coach at? Uh, Brad, where did Newt Rockney go to? You were the one who gave me that nugget. I'll, I'll grab that in one okay. second. Yeah. Yeah. New, yeah. Every, apparently, there's. I mean, guys have left for the NFL before, but never yeah, have yeah. left I, on their I, own I just, volition listen, and, I, and gone to college. I'm kind of concerned about the Newt Rockney thing because it doesn't fit with my. You know, I, I didn't see that in the movie, but okay, okay. <laughs> but what we're saying here is that the idea of a Notre Dame having their coach leave, say, thank you, but I got a better gig in college, that's a change. To have a coach leave Oklahoma and say, I got a better gig in college, that's a change. Is this good or bad? I think it's good. I think it's good in particular because USC is going – I think USC could be put back on the map, and I think the more of those big power programs that are relevant, the better. And I, I think Oklahoma's done a really good job. I mean, they found Lincoln Riley off the – Stoops quit, and the next day they were like, Lincoln Riley's the guy. They were ready for it. And well, I don't think anybody I mean, saw Stoops find, walking they, away. Hold on a second. They didn't find Lincoln Riley. He, I mean, he was there. He was a prodigy in a way. Uh, he actually started with Leach at Texas Tech. As a coach, at like at, like at 23 or 24, and yeah, no doubt he, he got into this you know stoop system, and he was a great next person. But how often does that happen? And maybe it's happening a little bit more because day at high state you would put in that category, yep. you know, like in waiting. But I'm not sure there was someone in waiting for the 30-something coach. Probably not. I, I, do, I do think that Oklahoma somehow was caught off guard by this when Lincoln Riley's name. Well, we all were caught off guard, right? I mean, wasn't the theory that maybe one day uh, Jerry Jones would put up enough money to climb, you know, away from Oklahoma to go coach the Cowboys? The day they announced that Ed Orgeron was leaving LSU. Lincoln Riley's name started just lighting on fire. Like everybody was like, well, "Oh, yeah, it's, it's- he's going to be." He he was going to be named in every job that was an elite job. But the odds of him going were certainly. I I don't think there were even odds on it. You know, specifically, would Lincoln Riley leave? I mean, there were odds if he go to LSU or whatever. But I I think they would have been far less than seventy or twenty five percent that he was going to anywhere this year. Um, this was a shocker, in my opinion. Um, and I, I mean, have you, I mean, boy, the USC over, I guess in theory over LSU is the first question. Mike Lombardi, friend of the show reported, he said that he has it from reliable sources that they pretty much had a deal. And when I say pretty much, it wasn't signed obviously, but they had an agreement might be the way to say it, LSU and Lincoln Riley. And then that weekend, to the point that they were, and this is again Mike Lombardi, that they had literally ordered the food for the event of the announcement (laughs) and all that. And cold feet was what Lombardi said. The fact that, you know, assuming that reporting's true, and I've always found him to be reliable, is the idea that he was up for considering two jobs and he took one and almost took the other. 
it makes you wonder about Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley's concern about the SEC. I mean, the thing we got to keep in mind is Texas, Oklahoma going into the SEC here in, you know, the near future. It feels like he wanted to find his own little ACC in which it'd be, you know, Dabo style. It'd be easy to get into the playoffs. This feels kind of weak in a way. I think you could make that argument because there are a lot of people who were saying he was scared of the SEC, whether by leaving Oklahoma or not choosing LSU. And you can make a good argument for it. But if getting to the playoffs is where your bonuses are going to be met, it's I mean, a lot we, easier. With to, $110 million, we're worried about the bonuses? Well, I mean, I, I doubt those bonuses are anything to sneeze at if they're paying I, well, for I, I, I'm sure they can't possibly move the needle. I mean, if that's what he's deciding his career over at this point, obviously the money's important, but at a certain point, it can't be that. Well, it's, I mean, do you feel like he made a mistake? Do you feel like from a competitive standpoint he made a mistake? Well, see, here's where I think the mistake is, and I, and I think that, that a lot of people are going to disagree with this. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. I believe this hollows out college football, and it's going to be the beginning of a trend that probably never stops, which is the haves are going to keep getting more and the have-nots are going to get – it's almost going to be like uh, some minor promotion and the UFC. So you're a UFC expert, AJ. What happens when a star pops up in one of these minor promotions? The UFC goes and, and they pluck them from the ranks and add them to their roster. So it's like a minor league farm system. Basically. Okay. Unpaid. So well, they, paid, but just not. No, as they paid. don't pay the farm system. They pay the 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 one star. Right, right. Okay, so they let every you know Vince McMahon, WWE. Oh look, that guy looks good. Let's break out the checkbook. Oh look, Lincoln Riley looks good. Let's break out the checkbook. But it wasn't taking him away from a Northwestern or a you know Indiana. It was from. Oklahoma, a team that's made the playoffs three times in the last five, yep. six years. And it's like, now what? I mean, the idea that, that, that Oklahoma is going to be anywhere near as good when you take one of the best coaches in football and pluck them and put them into one of the have-mores. So now USC, I mean, if I said, let's take Oklahoma's, uh, with the SEC, it's tough. But let's say against the spread or some fair way to do it, does Oklahoma trend up or down in the next five years? And does USC trend up or down in the next five years? Oklahoma first, up or down? Down. All right. USC. Up. LSU. I'll go down. LSU is going to go down from this year and the year before? Not from this year, but I mean, if and you the year say before? The, if you give me the last five years of LSU, I'd take those over the next five. And just raw wins? Yeah. All right. Well, let's agree to this. Is if someone, a lesser coach than Kelly came in, they would trend down even more. So Kelly is causing a positive effect at LSU. Right. And listen, LSU is in a unique situation that they, I mean, two years ago, they were the best college football team of all time, some people would argue. So, I mean, that was an aberration year. Let's be candid. They haven't really been that competitive for 10 years. That's fair, but that's kind of what their program, or that's what their program is. Is you know, in general, they're a nine or ten win program who had a, a fantastic season. Wow. But, but I they think- also won with Nick Saban. They got two national titles this century, yes. right? So, I, I mean, by some accounts, I mean LSU's considered a top five job. Do you disagree with that? 
I don't know that I consider it a top five job. Okay, I think that's certainly the consensus opinion. Okay. I mean, the recruiting in LSU is, or I'm sorry, in Louisiana is just unbelievable. In fact, on the herd today, you were talking about more uh, NFL players per capita, you know, per uh, population than any state in the union. Yeah, typically you see Texas, California, Florida, Ohio, and Louisiana are usually the top five, and those other four are major, you know, populous uh, areas in the country. And in Louisiana, not not very big, but still putting out athletes. Yeah, I agree. We're straight out of Vegas. So to me, what's going to happen here is, yeah, it won't be just Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson and Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Okay, what you're going to have, and again, Notre Dame hasn't really. They've been in, but it's been like. Uh, it's not like they're a, a power that's ascending. So now they drop off significantly. I mean, let's hope they make it this year, AJ, because I don't think it's going to be. And with the portal and the transfer portal, you know, teams can, you know, these coaches leaving could make a big, big difference. Sure. And it strikes me that if we ask the same question about Notre Dame, up or down, I'm going to say down. It has to be down. You, if you got to remember where where Notre Dame was when Brian Kelly showed up, and now people will make fun about Notre Dame. Oh, they can't beat Alabama. Why put them in the playoff? They're just going to get their heads beat in. But you got to remember when Brian Kelly took over this job back in 2010, they were coming off you know six and six seasons, not like three and nine seasons under Charlie Weiss, five and seven under Ty Willingham, five and seven under Bob Davey. After Lou Holtz, there was a long stretch of Notre Dame football where they would have like one 10 win season a decade and then they would just be very mediocre the fact that you know brian kelly's won double digit games in five of the last six years notre dame is i mean he's the most winningest coach in, in notre dame history they, they he is a he's done a really really good job given what he walked into kids don't say most winningest whatever you do but <laughs> most winning <laughs> i agree with that speaking of notre dame and my concern where did newt rockney go so it was actually rockney's successor hunk anderson that went from notre dame <laughs> to north carolina state in 1933 it has not been that no no coach since the ap started in 1936 has left notre dame to go to another college program until yesterday so Hunk Anderson. So Newt Rockney didn't go. He no, he retired at Notre Dame. Is uh-huh, apparently. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. Hey, McKen- leave the hundred on the table. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, these guys. I'm going to get rich. I'm going to get rich from their mistakes. And the funny thing is, I hear it and say that can't be. Like I, I'm like very. Oh, you know, actually, it wasn't Newt Rockney. He was somehow in succession of Newt. It's like everyone that's ever coached Notre Dame is, <laughs> has come after Newt Rockney. I or I, I'm not sure about that one. All right. I will say your strongest skill is your mistake meter. If someone makes a mistake, you you see it immediately. Especially the lines makers. Yes. I'm R.J. Bell. Okay. Now, do you see my point? The idea of that we're going to thin out. That we're not going to have ten, twelve. 15 elite programs that it's going to get down to the the seven or the eight and yeah they're going to be healthy and you know what it's going to be a big old drop off I, I agree, and I think when you add in the you know NIL that's come down, and you add in Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and just so sort of real the power quick, name, shift. So name, image, likeness, and why does that cause there to be a move towards uh, the powers? 
because the programs that have that kind of money behind them, those kind of boosters behind them, they're the ones who can say, hey, you come to this school, you're going to get some money. The guys at you know, Oklahoma State or Cincinnati or Baylor, the pockets aren't going to be as deep to back that program and, and you know, support these players if, they're, if they've got a decision to make. So the assumption is that there's going to be like a Fugazi type, oh, we're going to pay you to promote our car dealership. Exactly. And it's going to be, they're going to overpay, which is just a way to get money in the players' pockets. Exactly. Okay. And you know what? I don't like if it's unfair, but I like the players getting money. All right, let's do this. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to give you the odds of who's the next coach at Notre Dame, who's the next coach at um, Oklahoma, and put a button on this college football landscape talk. And we're going to talk about the playoffs this year. Notre Dame could very well make it. That would be interesting. All that and more coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. If you're dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to look at the latest odds on who will replace Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, who will replace Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. A.J., have you ever heard music, Christmas music, that cool? No. I mean, let's be honest. It was better than yesterday. Well, listen, don't dog on John. I mean, please. (laughs) John, step your game up. He's my favorite board. Just because you don't get along (laughs) with the team doesn't mean I shouldn't get along with the team. Uh, You're right. You're right. Do you think there's any place you've ever worked that you wouldn't have been named like the most disliked? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) I don't think so. But you you probably are telling us that's the case because you're a truth teller, right? Uh, I, I don't know why, but that's probably part of it. Yeah, if, if you just were less honest, you'd be better liked. Yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> that's a good uh, way to word it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I can't believe you actually think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. We'll have those odds in a minute. <laughs> the audience is doubled in the last year plus that's because of you thank you so much you're putting up with AJ listen he's pretty good on air I mean he's not meaning that he's kind of nice well you should see him behind the scenes (laughs) (laughs) you can listen on the iHeartRadio app just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the strip 78 degrees the neon is chugging all right RJ let's take a look at the odds for the next head coach at Oklahoma and the favorite is Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables at plus 250. Mm, now, Venables, if I recall, and I actually, uh, as I've said it once or twice, uh, my best friend is real close with the Stoopses. And, you know, I was actually at Mark Stoops' wedding, and, you know, I know him pretty well. And I, uh, if I recall, Venables was at Oklahoma for a long time, right? He was. Okay. 
I I don't know about that. So, um, what do you think? What? So who's the second? Uh, is Bob Stoops on the list? Bob Stoops is on the list. The the second favorite is a tie between Lane Kiffin and Mark Stoops. Though this these odds may have been posted before Mark Stoops agreed to an extension today. Yeah, but the extension doesn't mean if anything that's him leveraging. It I could mean, be. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have a fallback position at Kentucky with a with another raise, and then he, he's gonna have a buyout, whatever that is. And I'm uh, guessing he negotiated. He might have brought down the buyout for all we know. They're both at five to one. Matt Campbell, the Iowa State coach, is six to one. Luke Fickle, the Cincinnati coach, is seven to one. Jay Norvell, the coach at Nevada, is eight to one. Bob Stoops, nine to one. And Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel at ten to one. All right, let's put in a best bet, Bob Stoops. Oh, really? The, uh, say it again. Yeah, I say. Oh, I'm just. I'm taking this seriously because you know the family. Well, no, this is not inside info. But what I, well, kind. I mean, I guess is, but it seems obvious. Bob has been itching, and I mean, what was it a year ago that he was considering like the AAU or or that crazy? Was it the XFL or the other? The XFL. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about that. How itching is he? (laughs) Right. And do you? and Do you I think, think he left on his own accord from Oklahoma? Yes, yes, yes. But it was something where my understanding is, I'll say, allegedly, is that the, the, the power base was weakening a little bit. And it was like he could have stayed. You know how, I mean, it doesn't happen as much these days, but, you know, Woody Hayes held on until he punched the guy. You know, guys tend to hang on, these. you know, if they're legends, right? And... Uh, you know, he didn't, but I think it would have been a weakening. You know, I, I, I lived through Chuck Knoll in the 80s and with the Steelers. And let me tell you something. They weren't going to fire him, but he wasn't up to snuff at that point. At least it seemed to me. Um, and the record says so. So my sense was that, that there was thought, you know, the whole big game Bob thing became kind of ironic. Right. Because he wasn't winning a lot of big games. Right. And it seemed like the whole country had said, I mean, let's just say this. Bob Stoops' reputation was outstanding in 2010, let's say. And it was a pretty dropped off when he left. And I think it's back now. I think that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And, I mean, you follow college football better than or more closely than me. Wouldn't you say that the kind of the um, – uh, college football had soured on Bob Stoops uh, as a top, top coach. At the I end. agree with that. And it feels like now there's no talk of that. It's like, could they get Stoops? You know, that's the, you know, Bob. Um, I, I think it, there's a heck of a chance because remember now, Oklahoma is going to make a bowl game. So are they talking about next, the, the beginning of next year? How's that? Who will that be the war- next full-time Oklahoma head coach is what they're talking. Full-time. Okay. I See, I would not be surprised if they say, let's bridge this thing, right? Two or three years with him. Get him to the SEC. He, I mean, think about it. If he had a short time to do it where they knew there was almost like, hey, we're going to do it in 2022, three and four. We'll play our first season. And do we know exactly when they're going to the SEC? We don't. They said five years, but no one seems to think it's going to take a full five years. No, it doesn't seem. If anything, this might expedite it because the Big 12 just got weakened too. Sure. You know, it will be even more when Oklahoma leaves. But And then you look at Texas in turmoil. I mean, who, who, I mean right now, who's the best – who's the uh, – even with the existing Big 12 members – 
you know, forgetting that Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. I mean, who's the the shining star right now? Oklahoma State or Baylor? Yeah, I mean, they're the best team. But what I'm saying is, who's well, like you're going to build a league around? Yeah, and I don't think you're going to build a Power Five league around any of these programs. Mike Gundy's been there a long time. He's got a, a name brand, but if that's the best program that your conference has, you're not you're not all that viable as a power program or as a power conference. How many NFL fans? So people who are watching the NFL at 1:30 Eastern this Sunday. So normal, casual, you know, watching the game, but they're not fanatics. How many people know who the head coach of Oklahoma State is? Is it half? I don't think so. Yeah, it might not be half. Can't build a program around or a a conference around that, I don't think. No. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Okay, so do you? I think that bridge idea makes some sense. I'm not saying it's a sure thing, but at nine to one, Bob Stoops is a bet, and that's a good. Well, let's do Oklahoma, or I'm sorry, let's do um, Notre Dame next. Notre Dame next time next full time head coach the favorite at minus two hundred Marcus Freeman the current defensive coordinator at Notre Dame uh, thirty five years old I don't think they're going to let I don't think Notre Dame's the kind of job where they say you this is a great place for it to be your first head coaching job so I, I don't think there it, it looks like a prohibitive favorite I don't believe in this so who's next. Luke Fickle, plus 175, the Cincinnati coach. And the big question about him getting a bigger job was, could he really leave the footprint that he's worked his entire career in in the Midwest and take that show on the road and have the same success? Now that's not going to be a question. I think he makes a lot of sense for this job. Okay, so when you say take that show on the road, it was, you mean Fickle taking a job before the Notre Dame job came open and it was yes, like maybe he, LSU, maybe whatever. Right, right. Would Fickle, would Fickle's recruiting, would his, would his style of play, would that work on the West Coast or on the South Coast? And there were a lot of people who had doubts because he spent his entire coaching career in the state of Ohio and didn't really have much of a footprint outside of it as Cincinnati's not really a nationally recruiting program. Uh, but this, a guy who's a Midwest guy in Notre Dame, I think, makes a lot of sense. Okay. I am going to guess. Now, Fickle has a great reputation. He came in after, uh, let's just call it the the unpleasant affairs that were going on uh, <laughs> I th- a while back. I don't like to talk about it too much. But, uh, you know, let's just say Trestle got fooled, a very honest guy. And he came in actually, if I recall, it was either six and seven season or seven and six. Now that was Colin today. A little correction here on FSR. He says even Ohio State's down. No, 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 no. They haven't been. I mean, <laughs> look at the record from Earl Bruce. You know, from his last game, and find me the down year. The fickle year. You could make the case at 500 one year, but they went undefeated the next year. Right. So Urban Meyer's first year. So if you if you kind of go on, if you go 500 and undefeated, they they had a uh, they were out of the bowls. Right. So they couldn't make any bowl game. You remember that year, don't you? Yeah. AJ? Yeah. And if that's the worst thing that's happened to you in the last 25 years, you're yeah, probably the undefeated right. year and one of the two. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and not 25 years. Earl Bruce goes back to 88. So, okay. uh, you know, figure it out. I mean, it'd be uh, 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, high state's not down, never will be. But I can see the other programs have been, though 
Maybe I'm being a little extra sensitive right now because there was an unfortunate <laughs> event this weekend. You know, I'm going to get my composure. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. Yeah, that's what we need, a little bit of labor unrest in baseball. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just on schedule. We um, never have that. Never happens. So... The playoffs expand in, in at some point coming up. Um, it's kind of interesting. Playoffs expand. I think the elite schools are going to tighten the number of them. You're going to see a drop-off in that second tier of elite, I think. And we're seeing it. There's a talent exodus, right? Teams going to the SEC, gotten out the Big 12, gotten out, or maybe not gotten out, but plucking the great coaches from these, you know, Again, tell me a time Oklahoma, a guy left for another job when he wasn't, you know, maybe Asked was to leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, that's going to happen. You're going to fire coaches. But imagine if Tom Osborne had been plucked away from Nebraska like in 92 and he, that we wouldn't have had those two title teams in the, in the mid 90s, which was such a story. It's another generation now, but Osborne had one of the greatest programs of the 70s, you know, into the 80s, had the famous game against Miami in which he went for two for the kids out there. Check it. What was that? 83? AJ, I think. I, you, you'd be fooling me. I've got no idea. You don't. Wow. I know of the game. I don't know what year it was. Yeah, you better you better read up a little bit on your history. You're a little <laughs> younger. So here was the scenario: is it was Miami with Schellenberger right when they were emerging and they were playing the national championship game, and well, it wasn't really that, but it was the Orange Bowl, and it was effectively the winner of this game was going to win the national title, which always didn't happen back then, right? It did in this case, and there was no overtime. So Nebraska scores late, late in the game to go down by one. If they were undefeated, Miami had a loss. So at that point, if they had kicked the extra point, taken the tie, they would have for sure won the national title. He went for two. He didn't get the national title. Nebraska lost, Miami won. And through the 80s, Osborne had great teams but never won it. Through the early 90s, never won it. And then in the mid-90s, he won it twice with two of the best teams in the history of college football. That would never happen, it seems, in today's era. And I think that's lamentable. When we come back, finally, the Monday night football recap and AJ's sizzling hot take about Russell Wilson the rest of the year. That's coming up next. But first, dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm 
I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at Monday Night Football from last night, where the Washington football team holds on to win and cover all numbers over the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, taking it by a final score of 17-15. to 15. Yeah, if only someone had plus one and a half on Seattle, they might feel kind of bad right now. That's me <laughs> in the contest. Oh, man. Oh, man. So... On the bright side, by the by the hook, we get the rushing total over for Russell Wilson, 16 yards on 15 and a half. So the hook giveth and taketh away. Uh-huh. <laughs> you sure had you sure got to that quick, AJ. I mean, you can take a breath and not talk about your 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 prop <laughs> win. So we went, you know, I we went and doubled back, and apparently there's four losses. And 13 wins now. So we we actually had an oversight on a loss. So 13 and 4, that's pretty darn good. That's your prop bets on Monday and Thursday right here on the show live for free. A.J. Hoffman. And that's not even college football, your specialty. Give you credit, no doubt. So what was the eye test yesterday? I mean, what's wrong with Seattle? Seattle's gone away from what they've basically built their identity as, as being a a ball control running team. So you think they're passing too much? I think that they're passing ineffectively too much, and Russ does not look himself still. Some good zip on his football last night. Watching him throw it, I said, it's it's not like he – it doesn't seem like he's physically hindered. But it, it, he's just not himself. He's missing guys. He, he's getting rid of the ball uh, too soon or holding on to it too long at times. So it, things just aren't clicking for Russ the way they have in the past. So which NFL teams have you scouted for? None. You asked my, what my eye test was on the I, game last but, night. But you were getting into the, the speed of the ball, the, the spiral. Well, I mean, I, th- I mean he... there was a lot of people who were questioning because his finger was banged up that he couldn't he couldn't get any zip on the ball, and I, I don't think that was the case last night. In fact, the touchdown pass that he threw uh, in in the first half was a, a bullet. I am jealous. I am honestly jealous of you, the, the amateur or the let's just say the. The scouts decide not to scout professionally, and they bring it to radio and stuff. I really appreciate. I can't. I could never do that. That's just me, though. I have been a skeptic of Russell Wilson entering this year. Now, when I say a skeptic, I don't mean he wasn't a, a good quarterback. I just don't think he was, you know, potentially the best quarterback. And before in entering last year, if you would have done a poll, who's the best quarterback? It would have probably been Mahomes first. And it was Russell Wilson second, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, remember, Aaron Rodgers had had uh, a number of lesser seasons right. prior to the 20 season. Now he's had another good season. You're just talking MVP for Rodgers. But Wilson, check this out. The second half of last year, because the first half, there was a lot of talk of, hey, did you know Russell Wilson doesn't have one MVP vote ever? <laughs> And he was a prohibitive – he was like a minus-money favorite to win the MVP midseason. From the eighth – you know, last eight games of the year, if you look at the PFF grade, Russell Wilson was ranked 23rd in the NFL. Starting this year, ranked second for the five games. So he came in, looked good. Now he's gotten hurt. And last three games that he played, 32nd. There's 32 teams in the NFL. 32nd in PFF grades. You know, AJ, there's a way to look at this, which is last year was a fluke. This year it's the injury. But those first handful of games, those five games matter. And thus he's still top flight. 
or you can say he's only had five good games in the last 16. How do you look at it? I mean, you're a skeptic, and quickly you have kind of a hot take here about the rest of the year. Yeah, I think Russell Wilson, a guy who's never been a loser in his life, realizes this season is basically flushed down the toilet at 3-8, and eight, uh, almost resigned to his first losing season. I don't think you're going to get much better uh, out of Russell Wilson than what we've seen in the last couple games. I don't see him really stepping it up to the end of the season here. Okay, so what you're saying is it's going to be a lack of enthusiasm because they're not in the playoff hunt, is going to cause poor performance from Russell Wilson. That's exactly what I think. Wow. That's a little sizzling. That's a little sizzling. (laughs) It's going to be fascinating. we got a big slate of games this week. And I also think, well, you know, we'll get into it tomorrow. Any, Any closing thoughts on Monday Night Football? No, I, I just think I think the Seahawks are completely done, and the, I don't think the football team's any good. Yet here they sit in a playoff spot. I'm rooting for Washington to take Dallas for the division. I, I still got that ticket. If you miss any of today's show, including a great breakdown on Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 